Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, James chapter 2, and here's what it says. Remember, James is the brother of Jesus, not the disciple Peter, James, and John. This is the brother of Jesus, the leader of the Jerusalem church. Okay, chapter 2. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Oh, he's bringing up an important subject here. Do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, And there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Well, I tell you, it's easy for us to do this. This is is really uh, the same premise behind racism where you look at somebody and you would judge them by the color of their skin or by their culture or by their language or by their accent. Uh, But he's talking here about really a socioeconomic status. Somebody comes in and they have the appearance of being wealthy and you treat them better. And he's saying, folks, he's saying that's wrong in the faith of, of Jesus because God does not see his creations that way. Every one of us have been made in the image and in the likeness of God. And we're all loved the same. We're all valued the same. And we may have had life's uh, circumstances handed to us on different platters, one a silver platter and another one a paper plate, right? Uh, Or a napkin, maybe not even a plate. But the bottom line, and, and choices have certainly made a difference. This is not nullifying that some people have made more wise choices than others. But James says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the reason. We do not treat people as more valuable or less valuable than anybody else. We treat everyone with the same love and value that the Lord has bestowed upon them. This is the gospel of Jesus. This is the truth of the kingdom of God. And James is making a case for this. And it's going to get... Uh, stronger as he goes on. But uh, this is so important. This is this is not just James' opinion. This is the word of the living God. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is bringing this up. So he goes on to say, listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Didn't God choose the poor to be rich in faith? Yes, he has. Thank God. Jesus even said, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. Didn't he say that? And so he really favored those who not only had great need, but also were open to receiving help for that need. Verse 6, but you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? 
If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Oh, Lord, we pray right now. We see this in your word. Help us not to do this. We repent for any time that we've done this, Lord, where we've shown partiality to somebody that has more or less wealth, to somebody who looks better or smells better or looks and smells worse. Lord, somebody of one skin color or another skin color or one language and culture or another language and culture. Lord, if we've ever done this, forgive us from it. And we pray that you'd strengthen us by the Holy Spirit to never do this again, but to treat all people as you see them, (laughs) as valuable, as created in your image and likeness. Praise God. Verse 10, for whoever shall keep the whole law, yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. See, in other words, if you're going to be saved by doing enough good things, he said, then you have to keep every single law for your whole life. He said, but if you're guilty in one point, you're guilty of the whole law. You you didn't do it. You either earned your salvation or you didn't earn your salvation. Well, guess what? None of us have earned our salvation. There's no way we can. We were born in sin and then we sinned again and again. So verse 11, for he who says do not commit adultery also said do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So, of course, he's talking to Jewish people, so they know very well about obeying the law and the importance of obeying the law. Verse 12, so, so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So notice again, for judgment, verse 13, is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So, boy, we have to be merciful. So uh, even though we have to hold ourselves to the standard of being obedient to God, well, we know God gives us mercy and grace, and he forgives us when we confess our sins to him. Well, we need to express that same mercy and grace to other people. And he said, if you don't, judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I want to explain something here because I believe this is largely misunderstood. But right here in this passage, it gives us the insight to what he's talking about. Faith without works is dead. It's so popular and people have quoted it and such, but they've misunderstood what it means. See, some people take this to mean, well, faith without works is dead. In other words, uh, God's not just going to do everything for me. I have to do everything I can do to get something to happen. And then God will have to take over the rest. Well, in some cases, that might be true. For example, in being obedient to God, when you know God wants you to do something, you don't say, yeah, God, do it, do it for me. Be obedient for me. No, you have to do everything you can to be obedient to God and then ask for his strength to say, Lord, I'm struggling in my flesh to be completely obedient to you. 
in this area. Strengthen me by your spirit to fulfill obedience to you. Yes, that is true. But we also have to understand when, when you're believing God to do something, you're believing God to provide for your needs, like you're believing God for a promotion. Let's just take that. You're believing God for a promotion. And well, what do you do? Do you do everything you can to promote yourself? No, you don't. The Bible says he who exalts, Jesus said he who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Uh, Psalm 75, 6 and 7 from King James Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south. God's the judge. See, and so uh, we're going to see in here that faith without works doesn't mean that you just do everything with natural ability and natural strength and natural energy to try to get things to come to pass. Uh, and then God will have to take over. No, sometimes what you do by faith, the works that you do by faith, are going the very opposite direction from what God promised. And the reason you're going the opposite direction is because it's faith to go the opposite direction, believing that God's going to bring it around to the other way. For example, being promoted, that you're not promoting yourself, exalting yourself. You're doing the opposite. You're humbling yourself. And the Bible says, humble yourself. In fact, right here in this, uh, this book, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. See, you're, you're, in, you're humbling yourself in faith. You're doing the act of humbling yourself going down that God would promote you up. See, so you have faith that God will promote you, but your work of faith is to not promote. In fact, if you start promoting yourself, it's because you don't believe that God is promoting you. See, so that's not a work of faith after all. It's a work of unbelief because you're trying to overstep God and do his part for him because you're not in faith. And I'm going to prove that to you right here from this text. So notice again, he says, what is it profit, uh, my brethren, verse 14, if a man says he has faith but doesn't have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one says to him, uh, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Now, that example is not really an example of faith, but love. You say to somebody who's in need, hey, depart, be warmed and filled, but you didn't give them any clothes. You didn't give them blanket. You didn't give, give them food. See, so you could say you love the person, but you really didn't show the love by giving them the things that they needed. And we know that is not an example of faith because it says in verse 17, thus also faith, thus also faith. What does also mean? I was talking there about loving people. But now I'm back to talking about faith. He was giving an example of faith without works is dead by saying love without works is dead. See, so he said, thus also faith by itself. See, love by itself without giving somebody something doesn't really help them. He said also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is also dead. Okay, so watch this. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So James says, you keep saying you have faith, but I'm watching your actions. Where's the faith? He said, 
You, you show me your faith without your works, but I'm going to show you my faith by what I do. You should be able to see my faith by what I do. My actions should be showing my faith. Now watch this. Verse 19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. He said, just having faith but not acting on it. He said, the demons, they're not obedient to God, but they believe. But that's not enough to believe. You have to believe to the point of acting. So he said, even the believe, the demons believe and tremble. Verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Now watch this. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? Now what's happening here? Well, God had promised Abraham and Sarah to have a son. And they waited all those years, 25 years, and finally they had this son. Well, then Isaac starts to grow up a little bit, and God says, take your son, your only son, the son whom you love, and go sacrifice him, uh, burn him to ashes, kill him and burn him to ashes on a mountain of which I shall tell you. Uh, and Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took Isaac and headed out and got all the way up to the mountain, had the fire, had the boy, tied up Isaac, had the knife, picked up the knife, and that's when God stopped him. But I want you to notice that here, James is telling us something. See, he's saying, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac on the altar? Now watch this. Uh, the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, tells us that Abraham believed that God would even raise Isaac up from the dead. He believed that God would even raise him up from ashes, burning him to ashes, that God would reconstitute his body and raise him up again. Why? Because God promised that Abraham would become the father of many nations through that son. And so James is saying, now, do you see that Abraham was justified by works of faith? How were they works of faith? Well, because God told him to go sacrifice but God said he's going to bring children through this son who's too young to have children right now. But I'm going to believe God. So he was going to kill him, burn him to ashes in faith that God was going to bring the promise to pass. Now, see, most people, when they say faith without works is dead, they think you have to do as much as you can do to get the promise to come to pass. And then God does the rest. Well, if that was true, then God would then Abraham would have been figuring out how to spare Isaac. And how to not kill him, because killing him is going the opposite direction of Isaac having all these children, right? See, so he's doing the very opposite. Why? Because that was faith. See, to believe God is to obey God. To believe God is to follow his instructions. See, unbelief would have been for Abraham to say, well, that's going the wrong direction. Killing him would not bring the promise to pass, so I can't kill him. Logic, reason, human reasoning. See, that's all doubt and unbelief. No, faith is when you say, look, God's word says what God said is true. I'm going to act on what God says, even if it pushes me the wrong direction. I'm humbling myself instead of promoting myself. See, I'm doing it God's way because I so believe that God will keep his part of the bargain, his promise to me, he cannot lie, that I'm going to go ahead and act as if it's absolutely true. Abraham was acting as if God's promise was absolutely true. 
And Hebrews 11 makes it clear. He believed that God would raise them even from the dead. Isn't this powerful? So when we say faith without works is dead, don't take that uh, uh, foolishly to believe that you have to work in the natural to get the promises of God to come to pass. And then when God sees that you've done all you could do, then he'll do the rest. Well, no, no. A work of faith is your action showing that you really do believe God. And I tell you, you can only fake it so long. Either you believe or you don't. And James is saying, look, if you really believe, then your actions will show that you really believe God's word is truth, that you really believe the promises are true and he'll he'll be faithful to his promise. So verse 22, do you see that Abraham's faith was working together with his works and by works, excuse me, and by works, faith was made perfect by him acting out what God said, the opposite of the promise of Isaac having children. His faith was perfected. His faith, he proved to God that he really believed God's promise. (laughs) Praise God. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Now, let me just tell you, this is one of the reasons, a misunderstanding of this is one of the reasons that Martin Luther not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation, didn't believe that James should be included in the canon of Scripture because he saw this, faith without works is dead, and were justified by works as a contradiction to what Paul taught in his writings. But it's not a contradiction. No, James is not saying that you can work your way up to salvation by works. In fact, he just made that statement in this very chapter. If you're guilty in one point of the law, you're guilty in everything. Okay, so James is not disagreeing with Paul at all. James is just saying, look, yes, you're saved by faith, but if you really believe, your faith should show in your actions. And if your actions are not there, it shows that you really didn't have the faith. These are not in any way in disagreement with one another. They're in perfect alignment with one another. James is just clarifying a misunderstanding that some people had. Okay, here we go. Uh, Let's pick it up now in verse 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and she sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So he brings up Rahab, that Rahab believed that the God of the Israelites was the real God and that uh, he was going to drive out the Canaanites. And so what does she do? She hid the spies. She protected them and such. She covered for them. And her actions of faith, not just having faith resident in her heart, but the fact that she acted on her faith apart from in defiance of her own king, her own city, her own people, she defied all that and showed, I have more faith in the God of the Israelites than I do in uh, protecting myself and staying with my own people and their way of doing things. And her actions of faith, not just having faith, but her actions of faith is what ended up saving her and her whole family. That's what faith without works means. All right, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. 
And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.